Welcome to Forging the Norsatch, a podcast for entrepreneurs, startups, small business owners, and the supporters of the Northern Utah entrepreneurial ecosystem, presenting an interesting topic of the day and an enlightening interview with a new company or organization that supports business in the Norsatch, presented by the Economic Development Office of Weber State University. Welcome to Forging the Norsatch. This is Guy Tender, episode number 22, July 2021. My co-host today is James Taylor of the Office of Sponsored Projects at Weber State University. And joining James and I for our organization of this episode will be Bart Lichty of Cadence Technologies, cool software company in Ogden, and a group leading uh, an association of Ogden software companies called Develop Ogden. That's gonna be a great interview. However, before we hear from Bart, we're going to meet with Brandon Stoddard of the Hall Global Entrepreneurship Center, which has got a lot of great things going on. They really do have a lot of great things. And if anyone is interested in getting a certification or some mentoring or um, they have the Wildcat Microphone, there's a lot of resources at the Hall um, Entrepreneur Center. So I definitely visit their website and see how you could plug into them because I think they're a really great resource for the community. Yeah, and growing and very popular with also with their guest speakers. So let's get with Brandon and learn more about what's going at the Hall Global Entrepreneurship Center. Hey folks, today we're meeting with uh, Brandon Stoddard of the Hall Global Entrepreneurship Center, talking about all the cool things they got going on there. Brandon Stoddard is the director of the Hall Global Entrepreneurship Center at Weber State University. So welcome aboard, Brandon. It's nice to have you on the show again. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, you guys got a lot going on. So what are maybe some examples of what you guys are doing there at the center? Yeah, so we have a lot of fun initiatives where we have launched recently or going to here soon. One of the most exciting opportunities for us is the new entrepreneurship certificate that we launched earlier this year. This gives anyone, anyone in the world, really an opportunity to learn how to become an entrepreneur by working with some of our fantastic faculty. You can go at your own pace. You don't have to be a student at Weber State University. Again, it's for anybody. You can actually learn how to be an entrepreneur uh, from experts while you actually do it. So this is a way to help you get jump started, really understand some of the principles that lead to success and hopefully get on your way to uh, realizing your entrepreneurial dreams. And that's a real unique program. I don't think there's any others like that in the country, are there, Brandon? Uh, yeah, there's, there's not too many available that I know of. Uh, so this is really a unique opportunity to help entrepreneurs. You know, there's a couple of facets of, of what makes a successful entrepreneur, and one of those is education or learning. Our hope is that we can help entrepreneurs uh, uh, skip or miss some of those uh, reasons for failure uh, while they're launching a business. So this is really an opportunity to learn and, and dig in and become successful. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm, I, I know you partnered with our regional technical colleges to get that launched. So that, that collaboration uh, is something that your group is really developing um, with that. So congratulations. And you've also yeah. been managing and, and getting this Wildcat microphone launched and going. How, how's that going these days? So great. Uh, this has been a fun program. Uh, to work with entrepreneurs. And like I talked about, there's, there's a couple of aspects that help entrepreneurs become successful. Number one, it's learning. Number two, it's having access to capital. 
uh, one of the questions I've been asked the most in the past by entrepreneurs are what kind of grants are available? And my answer has been the same. There are none until now. So we created the Wildcat Microfund to actually offer free money to entrepreneurs to help them get off the ground. The really exciting part about this is we have uh, quite a bit of money available, multiple six figures to give away. Uh, there's very few uh, expectations. It's just we want to see you use that money and, and launch or grow your business. An important element of an entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial ecosystem is lots of entrepreneurs also learning from each other. And so we need to kind of feed the beast a little bit. Um, and maybe that yeah. not all of them are successful, but we need lots of shots on goal. And, and you guys are, are doing that. And, and there's mentoring with the microphone as well. Yep. Mentoring is a key point. And again, it goes to learning. Um, can we help entrepreneurs miss some of those uh, problem areas to increase success? So by offering the capital and learning, uh, we think that we're going to see more successful entrepreneurs and hopefully build more wealth for folks. And, and I remember when we started, one of our objectives was to uh, address all the demographics in, in our counties. And I don't speak Spanish and I, I'm not sure how well we were doing. So we partnered with the Suazo Center to help us. They are experts in Hispanic entrepreneurship and you're a partner with them now. Is that right? Yes, correct. They've been awesome. They just moved up to Ogden to focus on that Spanish speaking uh, entrepreneurial community locally. And, and they've got uh, a good number of folks already ready to pitch. So we're excited to see progress there and, and some of these entrepreneurs get off the ground. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. And one of the things that going to a guest, a speaker and learning from a speaker is two things for me when I go. It's one, to learn from the speaker, but two, running into people that have common interests. And you know, we, you know, we all suffered with that with COVID, but you guys still hung in there and you have a great lineup for your speaker series at the Hall Center. What, what's coming up with those? Yeah, and, and to your point, I, I think one of the most fun things for me, even as an entrepreneur uh, and having listened to a lot of stories is, is still listening to the stories of entrepreneurs and how they became successful. I think we realize, you know, they're just like anyone else and, and they're able to do it. We can do that. I can do that. So we're excited this forthcoming year. We're in the process of booking speakers and we've already booked Kathy Garf of Ken Garfato, as well as Brent Anderson, the founder of Living Planet Aquarium. And there's more to come. Uh, we we're finding uh, more well-known speakers that are more interested in participating. So we're really excited to see where this goes and, and hopefully learn a little bit together. Well, that's awesome. And for those folks out there, please go to the Hall Global Entrepreneurship Center uh, website at weber.edu. So if you Google Hall Global Entrepreneurship Center, uh, it'll take you to that site and you can look at the speakers and the dates and locations for those. I encourage you all to go see those. Uh, Brandon, thanks again for being on our show today. Thank you. And hope to have you on again soon and talk about some more examples. Let's get you on and talk about some great success stories with the microphone, uh, maybe this fall. Let's do that. Great idea, absolutely. Thanks. Let's get on to our next part of our show. Hey, James, we're going to meet with Bart Lichty today of Cadence uh, Software Company. Uh, he and Cadence are leading the software association in the industry here in northern Utah. Should be an interesting conversation. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I think we had a great conversation about sales 
and how important sales are to a company and, and how to build relationships. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, Bart Lechte is currently the chief of sales officer at, at Cadence. He's an experienced sales executive with a demonstrated history in leading teams in the software space. Bart's got a bachelor's of science degree in public relations from Utah State University. Uh, we won't hold that against him. He's also a board member of Develop Ogden, a nonprofit raising awareness of software companies in the greater Ogden, North, Northern Utah area, which uh, we're very uh, impressed with and support at Weber State. So thank you and your team for starting that initiative and continuing it. Welcome aboard, Bart. How are you today? Good. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Excellent. So our first question, Bart, is where do you get your favorite taco? Thank you. Probably my favorite question. Now, this can vary over time, but today it's 25th and Grant. There's, with all the construction on Washington, a few of the taco trucks have moved around and I have one in Stone's Throwaway and uh, we spend a lot of time there. Street tacos seem to be the favorite. Yeah. And, and Bart, I mean, there's nothing better than good taco, but Bart, quick question. Where did you, where did you grow up? Born and raised in Providence, Utah. For those that don't know that area, it's just outside of Logan. Logan, just just like Ogden, but surrounded by, by a bunch of small towns. So small town in Cache County, just south of Logan. So, I mean, one of the things we find really interesting as we talk to a lot of our, our guests is that in their childhood, they have some formative moments or experiences or mentors or anything like that. Do you have some of those that in your childhood that kind of help formed you who you are today, so to speak? Yeah, let me, let me give you a couple. And I've thought about this in prepping for, for our call today. Just a couple mentors, my dad being one of them, just this idea of good hard work. You can you can solve anything. You know, there, there's one example that comes to my mind often. And I, I try to teach this to my kids. And I bring this up with my, my team members or our team members here quite often. Uh, this is maybe a silly example, but playing playing youth soccer as a kid, I remember a, a coach teaching us that it's okay to, it's okay to attack. I was a, I was a person maybe a bit soft, a bit timid. I, I had some speed for my age, right. Or whatever that means. And I would always pass the ball. And my coach at one point grabbed me, pulled me aside and said, Hey, how about you try going around people and scoring rather than passing? And I really, that stuck with me my whole life. This idea of it, it's okay to go and get it. And again, as simple as, as that was for me, that was one of those youth childhood experiences that hopefully I'm kind and professional, but at the same time, it's okay to go get the things that you need. Yeah, I love that story. And I think it's such an important one. And, and it's, it's also kind of a common thing about being able to seize that opportunity. When that opportunity arises, it is okay, as you put it, it's okay to seize the opportunity and go get it. And I think that's, and I think that's just a really interesting, I, I don't know, I love that story. Yeah, I, I do too. And it's also that humility that comes from having someone ask you to do that versus uh, the personalities or the traits of people that don't think to pass. Um, they don't see the, see the opportunities of sharing and building a team, which is what you've done with throughout your career. So after you grew up or you went on a mission to New York, uh, what was that like? Was it upstate New York, downtown New York? It was New York City. I spent most of my time in Manhattan, uh, Upper Manhattan, Harlem, and the South Bronx, and it was certainly an eye-opening experience. Uh, not, you know, it was a small town in in Logan. Uh, some some may say growing up as, you know, the farm town sort of thing, if you will, to to this huge city. But one thing I learned, if if I may, is people are people. 
and people want to be respected people across the country and, and we'll talk about this maybe later on today but with, whether it's sales or running a business or having a family we all have the same basic needs and people people want to have real lasting relationships regardless of who you are or where you're from and the people of new york i absolutely love them every every race color creed gender you know you name it right i met everybody from every country and all over the place and just grew a love for people well, you must have liked it uh, after you got your degree from Utah State in public relations. Then you, you ended up back on the East Coast. Uh, what brought you out there? So I bounced around. Maybe like a lot of people, my first job didn't know where I was going to go, but I took a job working for a franchise of DHL Shipping, and I moved out to Pennsylvania. And and I'm very open to that because, as you mentioned, guy, I love the East Coast. So I was able to spend some time in New York City throughout that as well. But I was in charge of essentially the quality control for some DHL shipping for various various franchises up and down the East Coast. Well, what brought you back to, to Utah? I mean, the thing, you never really ever can leave Utah. It always will pull you back. We all know that. But what brought you back to Utah? I Maybe, maybe I got a little bit homesick. I, I really enjoyed what I was doing. I, I thought, well... Ah, there's probably time and a place for me to move back home. And I, I figured eventually I would move back home. I sort of fell backwards into a software job you know, at, at the time. I, so I'm living in Pennsylvania. In college, I worked for a, a suit sales and tuxedo rental shop. And I, I loved it. The owners were fantastic. Small little mom and pop shop. had been around forever. So I worked there all through college. I'm living in the East Coast. I'm working for DHL Shipping. And I'm home for Christmas. And the tailor at the suits shop. I was in there getting some pants hemmed or something. I don't know. She told me that her son who worked for a software company that just got a job as the hiring manager for a software company that sold law enforcement software. And they were looking for some entry level sales reps and that I should meet with him and my qualifications, my resume, I was not a person for the job, but she being the mother-in-law of him put in a great word for me and I ended up getting the job and it's one of those right time, right place moments where I, I fell in love with the idea of software can be a really fun industry. Well, it seems like that's been your industry now. And after that's police software, then you kind of stayed in the law area. And then you worked with a company called Spillman in Salt Lake City. Now you're, you've left home again. Now you're already back. You, you're in Logan. Now you're back in big city, Salt Lake City. Right. Living at single at the time, living with a bunch of guys, bought a house, living in Salt Lake, had a, had a friend that was living in Logan. And at the time, Logan had a couple software companies that were somewhat up and coming. So I wasn't really job shopping, but an opportunity presented itself to move back to Logan again and take a job in a similar industry. So I moved back, worked for a company uh, called Journal Technologies, doing a similar thing, software to courts, prosecutor's office, probation, public defenders very closely related to public safety. And I was there eight or nine years. And then again, sim similar thing. I Now that brought me here to Cadence. Uh, a good a good friend of mine was working at Cadence. I happened to run into him at a, at a social event. We talked for about eight seconds and we just connected a little bit. And a few months later, I was running the sales team or building the sales team at Cadence. That was three and a half, four years ago. What does Cadence do? It's fascinating what, what you've got, what niche this market is, but what does Cadence do? You know, when I learned for the first time what Cadence does, I was like, what? Come again? I had no idea. 
So Cadence is a software company focused in the financial industry. Our, our customers are mostly banks, handful of credit unions, and a couple mortgage companies. Something that I didn't know about. Banks are there's a, there's a fair amount of regulation in the banking industry. Now we all know that, but specifically there's regulation one in particular called the Community Reinvestment Act, and it's really all about as a bank if you're going to set up shop in various communities throughout the country you need to provide services to those communities in which you set up shop. If you have a branch, if you have ways of, of taking deposits, then you need to make sure that you're giving loans and you're giving back to that community. And when you're doing do donations and service hours, you need to participate in those communities. And, and banks throughout the country for years do that in paper and Excel and binders and notebooks and our software digitizes all of that. It makes it easier for them to prove to the government that they're doing it and they're doing it well or in some cases that they're not doing it so well and, and helps provide some some gaps for them to get better. So that sounds like what, what I learned from you the other day was the company was founded and formed and the, the problem that Cadence originally solved and is still solving is the regulatory uh, product, if you will, to help them show they meet regulatory uh, requirements, I guess. But now you guys are saying, hey, that the problem that or challenge that these banks have is, yeah, they can solve the regulatory requirement, but what they really want to make sure the community sees what they're doing, not just the regulatory folks back in Washington, D.C. That has been a very, maybe fun is the word, but fun transition for us. The idea of regulation software maybe by itself sometimes sounds kind of boring, maybe doesn't sound super appealing. And that certainly could be the case. However, for us, we've found just such a love for the people we get to work with. And, and for me, sometimes it's all about the people. And yes, Guy, to your point, step one, check the box on manage the regulation. Oftentimes the financial industry gets, gets a bit of a bad rap of being the big bad bank that is tight on money and unwilling to help but that's not always the case. And in fact, rarely is that the case. What we found is banks, your community banks, even your big banks, your local credit unions are heavily involved in the community. And if you go to their websites, oftentimes there will be a community page and Cadence really helps them tell that story. And it's been fascinating for us, even many of our team members that, that maybe banked out of state, they've switched to their local bank because they've learned more about the story of how that institution gives back into their community through donations and volunteer hours and various other programs and organizations that they just give to, partly because of regulation, partly because they want to, and it's good for their business. I find that fascinating that the closer people are to a problem, the, the earlier they can innovate and the first one to provide the solution, right? So with your being close to those folks and their CRA activities, you become aware of these other issues that they're dealing with and are able to innovate and provide solutions beyond maybe what you're already doing and be the first ones to do that because you're so close to your customer um, and understanding what they're going through. Well, that's pretty cool. I, did, I didn't realize that till our, our conversation the other day that you've moved well beyond just the software piece and into kind of marketing and promotion for these banks. That's pretty cool. It's been fun for us. Our, our marketing team has started an initiative called Cadence Cares, and we started putting together some commercials and some videos that we, we pay for, we do all the producing, we give to the organization and say, here, use this, put it on your social media, share, share with everybody the autism group or nonprofit that you're donating to and working with, or the 
the story of every year you're giving away hundreds of pairs of shoes to youth in need are just a couple of examples. And for us, it's been it, it's wonderful to be part of that community. Lord, you know, one of the things that we were talking about, too, is is your passion for sales, which is good because you're the chief sales officer. So let me ask this question. Is sales an art form or is it a science or is it both? Awesome. Okay. So I'm probably, I get on my edge of my seat on this. I, this is, this is certainly James. Yes. Where maybe I have some more passion. Sales can get a bad rap. Oftentimes we talk about sales. It's like, Oh, I don't want to be a sales guy. For me, I love it. I don't see myself doing anything else. I, I feel it is both. I feel it is an art form and it is a science. A good sales rep is somebody that understands people. A good sales rep understands that, well, look, we, we all have needs. We're all buying stuff all the time. And a good sales rep helps us get to the point of solving our need, even to the point sometimes of telling us no or suggesting we need to go look somewhere else. So for me, I any of my team, they'll, they'll laugh if they, if they listen to this podcast because they're maybe sick of hearing this, but a good, the secret to being a good sales rep is consistently doing the right thing over a long period of time. So to me, that's maybe some of the science of it is the the ability to consistently do what you need to do over and over and over every day. It's like being a mailman. It never stops, right? You can't stop. You have to keep going. You have to keep prospecting. It's a science in the fact of, can you read people? Do you have the ability to say no? Do you have the ability to shut up and listen sometimes and not just sales puke all over people when, when them talking is really answering all the questions that you need? And certainly it's hard to be perfect and nobody is, but combining that art and science and in my world is what makes us successful. Yeah. And, and I, you know, it's so interesting because this idea of building relationships and sales, right. And that, that you're really, if you're going to be, you know, a long-term salesperson, you have to build relationships and these relationships are incredibly important. And it sounds to me like one of the key elements to that is just the ability to listen. Right. And so how do you develop that skill set of listening or active listening, so to speak? I'm going to give you another example. And this, this one will come from my mom. So I hope my mom listens. Thanks, mom. Love you. But I remember as, as a child, as a youth, as somebody in college, even today, you walk in the front door and you have a question for my mom. She'll put down, you'll physically see her put down her phone, put down the remote, turn off the whatever, and she'll turn and she'll look you in the eye and she won't be fidgeting with something. She won't be focused on something else. So the key is, are, are you are you present? As we roll into this Zoom world and this virtual world, it has to be even more so. As the sales rep, we, we've all spoken with sales reps. We all know why sales reps get a bad rap or have a bad, bad stereotype, and it's because most of them don't care. Most of them have what we call commission breath. You can, you can tell when you're talking to somebody by the look in their eyes, by the way that their body movement is doing, what their hands are doing. Are they fidgeting on their phone? Are they looking at the other monitor? So in this Zoom world, we have to be even more cognizant of, am I present in this conversation? And my eyes my tone of voice and my body language tell it all. That's really interesting. And, and you kind of mentioned this is that now, you know, a lot of us have transitioned over to Zoom and Zoom meetings and traveling less. And you talked about how probably more of these interactions are going to happen over Zoom. So what are the, some tips about how to be present on a Zoom phone call? A couple of our, of our teammates are remote already. And, and we as a company are having this debate as a software company of do we do more remote work or when that's probably a separate conversation. 
one of one of our teammates, she lives just outside of Omaha, and I, I have a, a wonderful relationship with her, and I've met her once. And the reason we have a good relationship is, you know, when we get on these Zoom calls, we turn our cameras on. When we get on these Zoom calls, we 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 put our phones down. And for her and I, and there's a few other people that I could say this this applies to as well. She's just one that keeps coming to my mind on this. I can tell that she cares about the conversation because she's intent. She's focused. I, I see that she's taking notes. I see her notes after the fact. When it comes to maybe a sales conversation, I've really quite enjoyed it. And, and as we go back to, we will travel to some conferences. So I'm not going to see a lot of these folks all the time, but occasionally we're going to go to a trade show. And for the folks that I've done demos with or had conversations with, and I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but I think this is the key. When I'm engaged in that call with them, when I'm looking them in the eye, they can tell I'm not distracted. It's, it's also important to be able to say no. And I slightly mentioned this earlier, but I challenge my team. Next time you're, and I'll challenge every, all the listeners, listeners to, this, to this podcast. Next time you're having an interaction with a sales rep, pay attention to how often they say no. And I'm, I'm willing to bet the vast majority of them will never say no. It's always some form of a yes or a maybe, but it always transitions usually back to, we could probably make that happen. Any of our real meaningful relationships in life are with people that we trust. And people we trust tell us the truth. And to be able to look someone in the eye and say, you know what? Nope, we don't have it. It's not a not yet or it's a coming soon, but it's, you know, James, you asked me for this piece of software. I'm sorry, our, our software does not meet that functionality period. Long, awkward pause sometimes, but it's just that honest conversation. And then you, then you become a resource, whether it's for your own product or services or connecting through you to other resources that your network has and that network and that relationship then are, are validated by, by that trust. And knowing that you've created that relationship with others in your network grows a great network. Yeah, and Cadence obviously is lucky to have you on their team and, and your colleagues are lucky to have you as a mentor. So Bart, you know, hopefully we have some people out there who are starting their own businesses and a lot of times they're going to have to do sales and they're going to have to do a lot of this relationship building. What is one piece of advice you would give them? Can I give you two? Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to give you two. First, with the right people, you can do anything. With the right people, you you really, you can do anything. And the reason I want to give you a second is one that comes from the, the founder of Cadence and our CEO, Jared. Don't chase the money because the money always runs. Find something that you're passionate about doing. Find the right people to join you in that engagement. And the rest will take care of itself. You know, we, we use, there's a book called The Game of Work. And I'm, I'm going to butcher, probably paraphrasing some of this, but we use that a lot internally to look at our own accountability. And, and we, a little bit of a gamification, and you guys have heard this from other places, but the scoreboard's going to take care of itself. If, in a sports analogy, if I sit around and stare at the scoreboard, it's not going to change. And nothing's going to happen if I sit and stare at the scoreboard. But the idea of if you get the right people on your team and you put together and you focus on the fundamentals, the score will take care of itself. And and it's not all about the dollars. It's more about the people. So I know I'm, I'm going off on tangents, but the right people serving and caring for people, uh, how, how can you lose? I, I agree. How can you lose? And if you do what you love, 
you never work a day in your life, right? I mean, that's the other, the other part of that. And when you're having fun, it shows. Um, to, it's contagious uh, for your team. Well, Bart, thank you for joining our show today. We appreciate that. And, and your listeners out there that have a, a need for uh, financial software to help you with your CRA activities, and we hope that our show is, uh, has some of those listeners out there, go to cadence.com, K-A-D-I-N-C-E, cadence.com, and check out their, their software and their, and their tools that they're growing every day. So again, Bart, thank you for joining our show today. You're welcome. Thank you both. And James, thank you for joining our show. Thanks, Guy. And uh, also thanks, Brandon Stoddard, and joining us on our show today to talk about the Hall Entrepreneurship Center and what they're doing uh, to grow entrepreneurship in northern Utah. And Quinn Ulrich, Andrea Baltazar, and Studio 76 of Weaver State University for producing our show today. Thank you so much for listening to the latest presentation of Forging the Norsatch. Please look for all future installments bi-weekly on Tuesdays on your preferred podcast provider.